0: This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 321, The Dark Crystal.
1: Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens Podcast.
0: Strangers. Strangers. <laughs> To boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. <laughs> I am your father's best friend, Bummer. <laughs> Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. villains card versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did so why is he was that He created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens podcast. Hello, and welcome again to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. My name is Ben. Ben Avery and I'm here with my friend, your friend, our friend, everyone's friend except for maybe the skexies. <laughs> and that would be Evan David. It's Evan, how Hello. you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. you finally saw The Dark Crystal?
1: I did. It yeah. was on Netflix and I was bored.
0: Yeah, I'm really yeah. curious what you thought of it because all that i know of your viewing of this is that you actually viewed it <laughs> so mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I know that um we had, we had talked about doing this maybe as a uh retro mission yes um but um, didn't because we watched labyrinth yeah
1: now was this before or after labyrinth
0: the creation of this yes yeah this came before labyrinth okay yeah no labyrinth was a course correction so we can talk about that but yeah okay yeah Uh, so i'm really curious what you thought of it i'm really curious what your um review is did you do a letterbox thing because i didn't look i did okay i did do a letterbox i I, I figured you would have but um
1: let me pull it up um yeah it's interesting because we're going from dora to dark Crystal. (laughs)
0: Yeah, but the timing on this is also kind of nice. I mean it's on it's, – it was on Netflix a long time ago and, and then they took it off and then they put it up recently. Um, but even when they first announced that there's going to be a Netflix original series of The Dark Crystal, uh, they still hadn't – back when they first announced it, didn't put it back on Netflix yet. And so however it worked with whosever deals it was, um, it's back on Netflix now. Yeah, and okay. so you can you can watch it there. Um, I'm sure there's other places you can watch it as well, but you probably have to pay extra in those other places. But if you're subscribed to Netflix, why not? Right.
1: Yeah, because they've got the the sequel series is coming out. So I guess they needed the. The original.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to bury the lead. Um, people who have listen to this podcast probably know I really, really like this movie. Quite a bit, <laughs> quite a bit. So, so do you uh, want my unspoilery thoughts? Well, you know, I don't think we need to bother with, you know, I mean, we're going to talk about the movie and yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been out for a long time. Well, 1982, I had to look it up. Um, cause there's some interesting things in the background in the making of this movie. And, and one of those things is that this movie got made because of the empire strikes back, which was hmm. in 1980, um, they were able to do some research and development as they were making Yoda. Some of that research for how they did the realistic puppetry there went into the Dark Crystals own um, development. And a lot of that money also went into the Dark Crystals development. And then it was created. They they also uh, had to do a Muppet movie while they were doing this, too. So um. the Great Muppet Caper, the second Muppet movie, came out in 1981 And it was a kind of a dual financing kind of deal where, yes, if you make the movie we really want from you, you can also make the movie you really want to make. And (laughs) uh, Because this was a a big thing for Jim Henson. He really wanted to make this movie. He wanted to make something that wasn't Kermit and that wasn't Sesame Street, um, but that had, you know, just this kind of high fantasy kind of thing going, but then also had his ideals um, for just his his own worldview. And how he looked at life and stuff. So um, actually when I bought the DVD a long time ago, it was a special collector's edition and it came with a piece of film you know, like they used to do in some of those special editions. I have a piece of film from that and one from uh, 2001. Oh, wow. And then this also came with uh, a replica of the notebook that Jim Henson had when he was sitting on an airplane uh, and they were not able to – It was either they were delayed or, or something like that, but he was stuck on an airplane. And so he just started doing some brainstorming and it's really a very interesting document. It's, it's so cool. Like I'm holding it in my hand right now. It's Jim Henson's handwriting. You know, it's a, it's a replica, but it's, it's a little, um, just a little notepad, like you would have your, you know, little yellow notepad that you might have at home or at work or something like that. And it's got like, names that he was playing with his, uh, like on the first page Skexus is right there Gartham is right there. Huh. Uh, then he wrote wrote an outline of the plot and wrote about how the the world works and all this you know um, the the duality of the world and stuff like that. I mean it was all there just from that airplane flight and huh. then he worked with artists and stuff to to pull pull together the visuals of the world and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating fascinating making of um last summer I read the book The Dark Crystal The Ultimate Visual History and if you are a film person in any way read that book. It is so interesting just all the behind the scenes stuff of how they developed all the visuals, how they you know some of the technology that they were using to try and build these puppets and everything like that because they had to build this whole world. Right. Um and so that all those details are in that book. It's it's on – Amazon right now has it for $21. The list price is 45 Um, but I've never seen it on Amazon for 45 I waited – I think I had to pay a couple dollars more than it is right now, but um, but I've never seen it actually on Amazon for 45 bucks. It's always been hmm. about half off. So, yeah. Cool. Fascinating. So I don't know how to approach this because uh, – yeah, I mean I just really like this movie and so I could just go on and on and on. But I really think that someone um, uh, with a different opinion or a newer opinion uh, should probably – Well Have Have you well, ever – what did you know about it when you started watching it? Let's put it that way. Nothing. Nothing. nothing.
1: I just knew it was in some way uh, related to Labyrinth and either it came after or before or something <laughs> like that. Uh yeah, so I knew nothing about it.
0: Did you know about know. Jim Henson's connection with it? Or no? Oh yeah, yeah, I knew. it was. You knew that I ahead knew, of time?
1: Yeah, I knew it was okay. Jim Henson's thing, and it's the Muppet thing, and it was all his, you know, production. So I knew that, okay. but I knew nothing about the characters of the story or anything like that. Okay. I just I, I did know that I had seen it on some lists online of like the Uncanny Valley mm-hmm. with yeah. the main characters. So I knew I knew that part about it, but. Um, so yeah, I'll just go into it. Yeah, go uh, ahead. I liked it. I liked it. Okay, I, I I did.
0: I I really wasn't sure. I really had no idea.
1: Well, and mostly, like, I don't, I don't know if I would like it, if, like, most of my appreciation from of it comes from my appreciation of the sheer technical mastery mm-hmm. that is just assaulting you when you turn it on because this is bef- way before uh you know CGI and so you're trying to make a photorealistic entirely fantasy world where there is no humans and there is nothing that is from the world that we live in everything is completely fabricated and so they've they've done that in animation where all you have to do is paint it but now you're making it photoreal and you're trying to pass it off as as living breathing things photo real. And it's just incredible. There's not another movie like this, really.
0: No, there um, really isn't.
1: There's not where it's just 100 percent completely fabricated life size, uh, you know, because because you can make an argument for uh, like a uh, stop motion is kind of more photo real and, and you fabricate that world. But this is like life size stuff, you know, so I was I was just blown away and I knew I would be but I was more blown away than I expected um, by just the, the incredible uh, visuals. And so I think going into it, like and appreciating that and knowing uh, the movie for what it is, because, you know, if you really can't compare it to other stuff, uh, at least in that regard, because like we said, it's like one of the only things like this and, even when you stack it next to other stuff of the time, um, it is outclassing it, uh, at least in the environments and the special effects and stuff. So, it's pretty. It's pretty great. Um, I really enjoyed the how they um, switch back and forth between the the puppets of the main characters and then a live action person when when his back is turned.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a child He's running yeah, and yeah. jumping
1: and uh-huh. yeah, yeah. And so I thought, all right, that's, that's very clever. And as a kid, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't be able to figure it out. At least I wouldn't have. <laughs> it would just be seamless. So that's pretty cool. And when I was watching it, the scene where – I don't know anybody's names. <laughs> so, but it's the, <laughs> it's the scene where the main boy character is with the dying elder. Um, I, I have a vague memory of seeing that part uh, on TV when I was a kid, and I just thought this is weird, and I don't like it. <laughs> 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 and I think it's because you know, like when I was a kid, if it's not a cartoon and it's not a superhero, i'm not I'm not super interested. And so this was kind of neither and also just not even anything I had ever seen before, so I was just not not into it. but uh yeah, I liked it. the story is just straight it's pretty straightforward it's very 80s fantasy um i was getting some uh black cauldron vibes uh just from the story uh and the plot and stuff uh and i'm sure i could relate it to some other things like the last unicorn or something where it's just like you know we have to get from point a to point b and there's a whole bunch of stuff that will happen to us in between yeah. those no, two it's, points.
0: It's definitely a hero's journey kind of thing where yeah, yeah. you're going from one place to another place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a quest, you know, and, and when you get to the final place, you're going to fix something that's going to fix everything. Right. You know, yep. you're going to, you're going to either destroy the ring or you're going to, you know, in this case, um, repair, the repair Christ. the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: And then at the end I was getting some, uh, Indiana Jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull vibes when all the, the creatures merged together and turned back into their normal extraterrestrial cells. That was interesting.
0: Yeah. You just have to remember, I mean, you said you got like eighties fantasy vibes from this and, and Mm -hmm. it's definitely there, but this is building that, you know, like that's, that's Mm -hmm. the thing like with John Carter, where John Carter, the movie, um, you look at it and you're like, oh, it's just ripping everything off. You know, it's like actually, no, it's using the source material that everything else ripped off from it. And right. so, you know, we've we've seen this before in Star Wars. Well, no, no, no. Star Wars was taking away from John Carter and, and actually Superman was taking from John Carter and all these things, you know. and the, But then when you see the original, it, you can't help but say, oh, well, it's just like this other thing that came after that. And so the same, you know, this is 82. Uh, They started working on us in this, in the late seventies, which that's the other thing is you can feel the seventies in it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, With, with, and and that's more Jim Henson, I think than the decade, but you know, this is, this is Jim Henson's worldview, you know, just the, the yin and the yang kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, just how we, yeah. I mean, because the whole point is like this once whole creature or creatures, I should say, uh, you know, purge themselves and split themselves. It became something less than because they. It was almost, you know, Jekyll and Hyde. The the just the base, worst parts of us were over here, and all the best parts of us are over here, and it, but they're not whole. And hmm. it's just uh, on one hand, you know, if you read it the way it's presented, um, you know it. it it basically is, you know, you need your sin nature, you know, because that's a part of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you read it as, um, you know, when I, when I first watched it and, and this is before I really knew what Jim Henson was trying to to get into, I was, it, I, I was not a kid. I would have been, I would have been college probably. Um, and so watching it that first time, it was just interesting, you know, it's all about, um, being a whole self, you know, and, and it's about recognizing, um, just, you need all the different parts of yourself. Um, but then now I'm looking at it and I'm I'm looking at it. One of my big mantras is, you know, the best of you often is a reflection of the worst of you. And the worst of you is often a reflection of the best of you. You know, your biggest strength is going to be one of your biggest weaknesses. Um, you know, and so if you're really driven, you know, that's going to be a great strength. It's going to move you forward. But if you're really driven, you're also not necessarily aware of the things happening beside you, you know, and, or the people Mm -hmm. that you're affecting as you're pushing forward and, you know, climbing that ladder of success kind of thing, just use a really extreme example. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's an interesting, the whole, the whole thing is just really interesting to me. And like I said, that book is really, really good. Um, but yeah, I mean they they went to on location and they built these uh you know, like the striders that are the the creatures yeah. that, that they ride across mm-hmm. uh the wilderness kind of thing. Like they that's so cool. Like if you watch the background stuff too, there's there's extra stuff on the DVD that's really neat to see like how they were doing some of these things. Sometimes I don't like seeing that, especially with puppets, because yeah. it can ruin the magic a little bit. But mm-hmm. yeah. You've got your your main characters are the Gelflings, and that feels really, yeah, very standard fantasy kind of thing. You got the Skeksis of the Uru, and the Skeksis are those evil base things. And you could one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's nine of them, but um, I do think there'd be a, a reading of this that you could like pull out like the seven the seven deadly sins hmm. with them. Uh, and then you have the Uru and the thing that always stuck out to me, I, I saw it for the first time as a young adult, but I saw part of it as a kid and it was the part where they were traveling and one of the Uru died because one of the Skeksis was killed. Yeah. And that stuck with me. And I just, from that point on, I was like, I want to see this whole movie. I want to see this whole movie. What is this? <laughs> and and then I actually got a chance to read the graphic novel of it Oh, cool! as a kid. That's how I had the story for of the Dark Crystal as a kid was that one scene and then reading the graphic novel that they did that Marvel. Marvel did an adaptation of it for – well, they did it so they could reprint it in different ways, but it was in a, a magazine format and was also in a kind of a graphic novel format. And yeah, but it was that scene that stuck with me of, of them walking and um, – but I the other thing, they built – these world, but they also created this non human world. Yeah. And that's, what's also really interesting about it. A lot of times that doesn't work. And when they, when you make a world, especially in CGI where, you know, it's just kind of human ish characters. And, but in this case, I feel like it really, really did. And it's because they have like real world things, trees, rocks, but then as you're panning across the trees, there's a a puppet plant that's like eating another puppet plant or something yeah, like that.
1: Yeah, that, that was all awesome. Yeah. And my the coolest puppet I got were the giant bug things. Um.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like the those oh, were are they really cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but uh, that was cra- And like those are just full man sized things.
0: Yeah, but then designed so it looks like you have little tiny legs that they're walking on.
1: Right, and yeah. it's just
0: from the it's natural crazy. movement of your body that's making these little tiny legs at the bottom of the costume move around a little bit. You can't see the human legs, and yeah, it's just all the whole thing is just all about like troubleshooting and and creating mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and making it work.
1: oh, another thing that really worked for me were the matte paintings and because usually, like in fantasy stuff with live action humans i the matte paintings do not do it for me and uh but for this movie i thought they worked very well and i think it's because i mean the every every other environment is uh man made you know it's all artistry and they're not trying to blend it with things that are real they're trying to blend it with other things that are also fake and i thought i thought uh, i mean it w- really worked for me in this movie
0: yeah it... What didn't work for you?
1: The, the story, probably, like in the the, yeah, just just some of the the spiritual themes like we were talking about, but also, um, yeah, there's just some some parts of it I didn't care for, like the the prophetess lady. I didn't I didn't enjoy her character. I um, <laughs> but her the giant planetarium thing was awesome. Yeah, that that's so cool. so cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, and, and then I think the ending where I, I would have liked a little more closure uh, for the characters, like I'd like to see them starting up the new society or whatever, you know, kind of, I like in Lord of the Rings, you know, Return of the King, even though they they went, you know, very, a very long ways with it. You got to see some of, the, of life after the victory, you know, um. And so I I would have liked to see a little bit more of that. But and then uh just the part some of the parts were slow for me. Um yeah,
0: this is only a ninety three minute movie.
1: Yeah. But
0: because of the way they film it, it is very like they let characters just walk, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> and don't necessarily cut away from Yep. From this long, you know, walk in like uh, any,
1: any part with the, the good guy, the good slug guys, like the, the opposite of the Skexies, mm-hmm. That was long.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think the weakest part for me is um, Fizgig, the little dog creature.
1: Oh, yeah. I just. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's not, not a great, great. puppet. Yeah. And <laughs> it's not like it's, everything else, you know, puppet wise is just very, very much like a. I could see this working in real life as a creature, as mm-hmm. an actual mm-hmm. thing, you know, it, how, you know, I don't know what you would classify these things as or whatever. And, you know, how, how would it work? How could they support each other? You know, how, how does the, um, ecosystem work as far as supporting, you know, like what, what gets eaten, what doesn't and all these different things. I don't know, but this gig just does not work. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's a agree. little bit, uh, it's probably, the you know, the most kiddie of the movie is, is that guy. The, well, it's like a thing.
1: Sesame Street puppet. You yeah, know, it's just no. it's it's movements aren't realistic. It's just bopping around. You know, if, they're just shaking their hand really fast to make it seem like it's moving.
0: <laughs> <That> <laughs> mouth just opens up. So, yeah, so big. And yeah, it just that's the one thing. Um, and, and the other thing that's weird about this movie it doesn't turn me off, but it does make me, you know, second guess. Like, would I when do I want my child to actually watch this? Is just some of the violence and mm-hmm. and some of the the killings. Um, so like when the podlings are, you know, being drained of their life force. Yeah. It's yeah.
1: Like, That's sketch. It's
0: it is disturbing. You're, <laughs> yep, you're just yep. watching this cute little puppet. That makes it I think even a little bit harder, is it's this cute little, cute little puppet get Drained of its energy, it's still great special effects that they're using there as far as like aging the puppet in front of the, the camera kind of thing. But, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a little bit disturbing.
1: Well, when the 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 main guy's mentor slug guy dies and he just kind of disappears into sparkles and then uh-huh. his uh, cloak falls down, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is this is a Jim Henson thing he, I mean, he does that with Yoda. I feel like he had to have done it in something else. Maybe uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. Maybe. Just, yeah, but. Um.
0: Yeah, I, it, this this is has Henson's fingerprints all over it. But what ended up happening, they intended this to not be in English. The, oh, really? Yeah. Can you imagine this? It would have been in made up alien language.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Can you imagine that would have? That would have been a step too far.
1: I don't think anybody would have watched it.
0: (laughs) It would have pushed it out of like the realm of here is this 80s fantasy movie into, you know, art house cult film kind of thing. Yeah. Like like, you got to watch this movie once, you know, because there's these amazing puppets. And you can follow it, maybe, you know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) they'll put subtitles in.
0: I'm sure, it's, it's the first movie that I'm aware of. I'm sure that maybe there's other things, but most sci-fi movies tended to be, you know, future or, you know, you have the fantasy movies of the past where they're, you know, maybe they're creating a world that has magic and, and rules and stuff like that, that aren't of our world. But this I feel like is one of the first times that they actually just created an entire world, whole cloth and, yeah. and just dropped awesome. you in it. And mm-hmm. there is no, it's not like, um, you know, kids went through a lab uh, through a um. I, said, I was gonna say a labyrinth. Um, the kids went through a uh, a wardrobe, and that's how they get there, and they get everything explained to them. So we get everything explained to us, and right. you know, Jen has that a little bit where he gets some of these things explanations get given to him. Um, you know, uh, from the girl one, yeah, well, from Kira and also from Agra, the mm-hmm. the one that you don't like that is the old guy well no the 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 witch lady
1: oh yeah who's yep.
0: basically a bodysuit for miss piggy um <laughs> yeah
1: did, did frank oz do the whisper i think so yeah
0: yeah 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 no she's definitely there's a miss piggy vibe there and yeah yep. they actually did that in in the great muppet caper i can't remember if they did it they did it no they did body puppets for some of the characters, but it wasn't like a person in a suit, but they did in the great Muppet caper. They put a person in a suit a few different times for Miss piggy. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit jarring, but you know, they get this person in the suit. The suit is, you know, to scale as far as the arms, the size of the head, the size of the body and that sort of thing. Um, but basically it's the size of Agra. The <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, we, I watch Barney with uh, my daughter and, and so in the newer episodes, you know, they have baby bop and they've in, in most of the newer episodes, they've cast uh, little people to play her and her brother because that makes them as short as the kids and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, comparable to Barney uh, smaller. But then I showed you me the, uh, the first appearance of baby bop. And back then they had a full size professional dancer in the costume. And doing like crazy dance moves and stuff and it's like wow that's that's weird
0: it's really different (laughs) yeah (laughs) all
1: right before we before we wrap up let's talk about the
0: new series well wait before we talk about that let's talk about labyrinth a little bit okay remember i said labyrinth was a little bit of a course correction kind of thing Um, right because
1: we needed human characters yeah they put human
0: characters they got more of a plot a little bit more of a plot um they got more energy. There's songs, there's dance, there's danger, a lot more danger, um, where this one is just it's a mood piece in a lot of ways. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a tone poem kind of thing. And Labyrinth was, nope, big, bright, funny, you know, lots of funny, lots of jokes, lots of, uh, you know, strange characters that are saying strange things instead of strange characters that are just living life. And Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> But they brought in one of the Monty Python guys uh, to help with Labyrinth and to – Oh, really? Yeah, to do the – to do the, some of the script. Um, but yeah, it was <laughs> – uh, they, were, they were still making a, a world, but like that's why I slipped up when I said uh, you know, it wasn't kids going through a labyrinth. This – you know, Labyrinth was a, a, you know, a human character leaving our world to go on a quest in another world, and it just made uh, – I think it was a little bit more um, accessible. So, yeah. Okay. So let's. <laughs> and also, um, David Bowie's in that.
1: Yes, <laughs> so. he makes that movie.
0: He he does. I, I think the puppet characters do as well. They're the, they're not the same kind of puppet characters that you get here, where it's just like everything's this realistic kind of thing, except for physics. But uh, the puppet characters in that movie are funny and have character, and it just feels more like a puppet movie. And it feels more like, you know, every episode of The Muppet Show had that one human guest star. Mm-hmm. And in Labyrinth, it was David Bowie. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, let's talk about the new series.
1: OK, so I'm so this is probably taking it's a prequel series, right? It
0: is. Yep. OK. Yeah. Disappointed. Because you wanted to know what happened afterward.
1: Right. But I understand that they're, they'd have to make up a whole new You know characters or threats um, which probably wouldn't go with the retro vibe that they're trying to or the nostalgia or whatever.
0: Yeah, there were people who had worked on some sequel kind of things that never never came to be most of like the graphic novels and and books and stuff have been prequel stuff just because I mean even like, you know, Jen and Kira. They're the last of the Gelflings like their whole race is gone.
1: Until you skip ahead like 50 years and then you have their kids.
0: Yeah, but then you have other questions as well. Like what are their kids going to do? Because they're all <laughs> brothers and sisters. You know, I mean, it, it, the the point being it's easier to go backwards in this story than it is mm. to go forward. Um, mm. Yeah, but there's a lot. The, the cast list. Have you seen the cast list for this thing? I have not. Okay, so these, these guys are not doing puppeteering, but they are doing characters. You have Eddie Izzard. You have Simon Pegg. You have Hmm. Mark Hamill. Wow. You have um, Toby Jones, uh, Jason Isaacs, Andy Samberg. Uh, I mean, it's it's a pretty impressive cast list. Um, Sigourney Weaver, I guess, is in there uh, doing a character.
1: Well, she has to be. Yeah. (laughs) It's a sci fi fantasy thing.
0: Sigourney Weaver in it. Well, Um, It it makes a connection between this and Avatar now because Avatar is one of the few things that really made me think about Dark Crystal Hmm. just because of the way, again, they're making a whole world.
1: Right, right. um, So I'm assuming this is going to be about like the – because all the Gelflings were killed, right? And so this will be about that time I'm guessing?
0: I don't know. I think it might be before that. Okay. Because I've got some comic books that I've read that are – Also uh, before that time, but this is it's called Age of Resistance. I don't know Mm -hmm. much about the plot, but. I mean, unless the resistance really fails, (laughs) so it's (laughs) Age of Resistance and they died because they were (laughs) resisting. Right. So it could be I, I would like to see that story. I've not read anything that was that story. I might own it because I haven't read everything that I have. I have some of the novels and some of the graphic novels that I haven't read. So I may own something that has that story in it, but I haven't read it anyway.
1: What do you think about the incorporation of CGI?
0: I understand why, <laughs> but I don't like it necessarily. I mean, it's it's yeah. CGI is a living, breathing, moving matte painting in a lot of ways. If you, you, yes. could, you can look at it that way, mm-hmm. um, uh, it, you know, it's it's just creating the background.
1: And I'm sure it would help with uh, time and budget.
0: Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely it's all puppets though I mean all the characters are puppets
1: right but I saw some uh you know you know the little fly flyy, spinny plant things mm-hmm. I think they did those in CG for this
0: well that makes you know, sense so but, are, yeah
1: yeah so they are you know cut in some corners but I am I'm interested to see I saw it had a special term that they, they they labeled it with like I can't remember what it was called it was like enhanced puppetry or something like that
0: hmm yeah. You know, so well, and because you can do really neat things with puppetry right now that you couldn't do before, just because you can more easily and more realistically cut the puppeteer out and, yeah. and mm-hmm. you know add things like the legs, you know, and, and stuff like that, and um enhance puppetry. That's interesting,
1: yeah. I can't, I don't know if that's the exact term, but it, they they coined a phrase for it, um. So yeah, I, I'm interested to see because I don't know if we've seen a, a real huge inc- uh a meshing of these two crafts. I mean they, they use puppetry a little bit in some of the creature features, you know, like Jurassic Park and stuff in the in the new modern ones. Um but it's not I don't I don't think it's ever been used like this where it's to enhance a full puppet production. So
0: no, I, I think there's been some I goes. mean what you're talking about with Jurassic Park though, you're talking about jumping from here's a puppet T Rex head and right. now we're gonna now here's here's the same thing in CGI. And it seems to me like this is actually going to be more like you know, the puppets are the characters that we are focusing on. It's the humans within mm-hmm. the CGI world. So th- it's it's not so much like they're doing motion capture for Avatar. And putting the humans motion capture into the world,
1: right? It's yeah, more
0: I, *Phantom Menace* where you have the human characters. It, it's, yeah.
1: I, I'm I'm saying like I'm interested to see how they will use it to in, quote unquote enhance the puppetry, like making the characters blink, you know, or something like that. Oh, you know, oh, I'd like be that. really
0: disappointed if they if they were depending on the CGI for that.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm just I'm just because I, I don't know what it'll look like. So I'm just yeah. interested to see because I know there's one point, you know, where in the trailer I saw where, you know, one of the Gelflings is running and jumping off of a building and landing on the back of a flying thing. I'm like, OK, well, that's not a puppet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I'm interested to see how it'll go.
0: So the director of the series is Louis Leterrier, Who has directed a couple of movies you might have heard of. He directed The Transporter, and he directed um, The Incredible Hulk. Uh, mm. Well, <laughs> you know, he was uh, credited as directing The Incredible Hulk, but it's possible that Edward Norton actually was doing all the making right. all the decisions, you know, because that's right. you know just those stories that you hear. But mm-hmm. yeah, so who knows what this means? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> he directed Clash of the Titans, the 2010 clash of the titans oh
1: yeah i i keep trying to watch through that movie and i keep not doing it it's not great (laughs) i started it and i'm like all right i'm not watching it it's not and then tonight i i turned it back on and like watched three minutes of it i'm like no still not gonna watch it (laughs) you
0: know what's interesting about it though is um clash of the titans was 1980 i'm gonna guess 81 or 82 and you know, he worked on the remake of that. Now here he's doing another early 80s fantasy. Hmm. That's well, – there's a interesting thing. If
1: Now it comes out later this month, doesn't it?
0: It does. Actually, uh it comes out – we're recording on Thursday the 22nd. I believe it comes out on Friday the 29th or 30th. I didn't do my math. Okay. So – but it's like next week. And – I can't remember how many episodes there are. Let me see if I can see that. Is it 13, 8, 10. 10 episodes. Cool. So, the the thing that always gets me a little bit with with any kind of project like this, um, oh, even with Star Wars it did a little bit. You know, where you get the cartoon series or, you know, mm-hmm. the the TV series and they just spend time with characters who aren't the characters you want to spend time with. Yes. You know, yep. like they're, they're creating all brand new characters. And like you're talking about, you know, I want to see what more would happen with what are Jen and Kira going to do now? You know, and yeah. Um,
1: well, the nice thing is you'll get all of your villains are going to be the same mm-hmm. because they're immortal or whatever. So you'll get some of that.
0: Agra will be in this, I'm sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's see. I don't see Agra. Oh, I saw her in a trailer. OK. Yeah. So she's all
0: in it. Yeah. I watched one trailer a long time ago and then decided I'm not going to watch any more trailers. I'm just going to wait for it. OK. Oh, yeah. I've okay. been watching all the trailers. Agra right there.
1: Cool. Well, I'll I'll yeah. be I'll be watching it.
0: I will, too. And maybe we'll do another episode about it. We'll see. OK. But um, yeah, if you haven't seen Dark Crystal uh, and we. We haven't convinced you, I, I I just would say again, watch it. It's, it's the kind of movie that, yeah, it. it I'd say this is this is sci-fi homework. Yeah. This, this is uh, you one, should watch it just watch. for the spectacle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yep. on Netflix. So if you have Netflix, no reason not to. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, that's that. Any final words, Evan, before we uh shut this down?
1: I have to go set mousetraps.
0: Hmm. We have mousetraps all <laughs> mm. set up.
1: I've only got one left, so I'm gonna have to go buy some more. <laughs> right when we started podcasting my wife was motioning to me and she's like there's a mouse in the living room so Mm.
0: yeah and i would say you know definitely check out background stuff i mean a lot of the creators on this are uh you know like brian froud who is known for his fantasy artwork and jim henson obviously is known for his uh muppets fraggle rock kind of came out of this also, hmm. with with just kind of that that fantasy setting, and also the Jim Henson now with Fraggle Rock, Jim Henson said that <laughs> the mission of the show was world peace.
1: <laughs>
0: like that was what he wanted Fraggle Rock to do is is create world peace. Nice. Um,
1: I have never seen a single episode.
0: Yeah, I love Fraggle Rock. It has a a very very special part in my uh, you know childhood. Um, and I I have a dream to create a uh, Fraggle Rock-ish kind of a, a Christian TV show. It's a dream mm-hmm. of
1: mine. Now, I did enjoy most of the episodes of Dinosaurs that I watched. <laughs> so, And I know that was post-Jim Henson, but he I think he worked on it before he died, right?
0: Uh, he was involved in it at, in pre-production, I okay. think even before they actually got greenlit, but he was involved in like – Coming and with the concepts and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Great puppets in that too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, they started doing some amazing stuff. Uh, It really, a lot of it started here. Every time they would do something new with Henson, they're like, how can we push some technology here? And yeah. So you can see like the, the amazing facial things happening in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and dinosaurs. Uh, Mm -hmm. A lot of that was coming out of some of the remote control technology that they created here, Labyrinth, Fraggle Rock. And yeah, it's just this really interesting Henson-led puppeteering technology that that was coming out of that. And no one really matched it. There was really no other – there's no low-rent bargain basement Jim Henson. It's just Unless you consider everyone to be that. But no one was yeah. ever really able well, to approach.
1: I mean, right. Like everything else is just puppetry. You yeah. know, yeah. like Gerbert or the donut man.
0: <laughs> Gerbert. Yeah. Gerbert is the most the best example of in Christian media, sad puppet syndrome, which is sad puppet syndrome, sad puppet syndrome, which is the puppet has a problem. Here's a Bible story and it gets fixed. Sad puppet. Ah. Story. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <Nice>. Well, <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening. And we love to hear from you what you thought about dark crystal, the age of resistance. Let us know what you think. And I think we'll come back to dark crystal in the near future. And until then again, thanks for listening and Godspeed. You've been listening to the strangers and aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery Evan David,
1: Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel.
0: We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com
1: Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter where we are at Alien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-3781.
0: And once again, thanks for listening. (sighs) The the story, probably, like in the, the...